This is an Artist Journey podcast, the podcast for people thriving and creating as artists. I'm your host, Malcolm Dewey, and let's begin. Welcome to episode 44 of an Artist Journey podcast. It's good to be talking to you again, especially today with my special guest. She's a podcaster, a course creator, and a coach. And she's also an artist. She's working with artists all over the world to help them improve their business skills and to thrive as artists, which is exactly what this podcast is all about. And before we get started with today's interview, I want to ask you to visit my blog at malcolmdeweyfineart.com and look up the transcript and show notes of this interview. You'll also find a download that our guest has provided. It is a document filled with practical tips to help you sell your art in these extraordinary times. And now without further delay, I want to introduce our guest today, Sonia Small here. I'm going to ask Sonia to just tell us a little bit more about herself and she heralds from South Africa, now living in the Netherlands, so she can give us a little bit of background right to her present situation in the Netherlands. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you, Marco. So wonderful to be on your podcast. Great, uh, yes. great to be here. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> and yes, I, I am you. from yeah, yeah, you own me exactly. Crossing over. Thank you for uh, for inviting me. But uh, yes, I am from uh, Cape Town, South Africa. Yay! And uh, born there, went to uh, Fairmont High School, which is in Durbanville. Uh, and then from there, I went uh, traveling. I had in South Africa I had an amazing art teacher, so that really sparked my uh, love for creativity and art. And it's always sort of been art that sort of gave me the impulses to go traveling or to to move abroad. I am living in the Netherlands now, maybe 33 years, uh, close to Amsterdam, have married Marco, an amazing Dutch guy, and uh, been busy and active in the arts. So that's the short version mm. <laughs> of where I am now. And uh, so, yes, that's where I am at, at present. Okay. Well, now I'm going to ask you a little bit about your, your art. You you studied as an artist, I believe, and then you've gone from artist to now producing a popular podcast for artists and right up to, to coaching artists. So tell us a little bit about that transition from creating art to now helping artists with their businesses. Well, I just have to think of a story when I was about eight I won an art prize. My father woke me up in the middle of the night and said, son, your name's in the newspaper. And there it was. I had won an art prize with this uh, drawing or painting a boy on stool. And that's the first time I thought, oh, is it possible then maybe to make a career as an artist? Is this something that I could earn money with, whatever that means when you're eight years old and you have this uh, fantasy? So that's something that sort of sparked when I was very young. And actually to this day, I'm still working on that same theme is it possible to make a living as an artist and what does that look like and what does the life of a working artist look like and with all its nuances so I did study in a first after high school I went to um, New Mexico as a rotary exchange student 
It was my first time out of South Africa and the world opened to me was very interesting. I lived with the Hopi and the Zuni and the Navajo Indians where art was so part of their culture was something that was just intertwined as a cultural expression, as craftsmanship. I took jewelry designing and ceramics and pottery, very, very inspiring and interesting and sort of laid a foundation to explore what's possible in this uh, art world. Went back to South Africa and studied at Stellenbosch University, started on a BA art and uh, yeah, interesting time but I really wanted to go and see the art for myself. So I wanted to go and see all those beautiful paintings and artworks for myself and uh, decided I was going to head over to Europe and I was privileged that I got a bursary to study art in the Netherlands and I went to the art school, had some amazing teachers, but it was a very difficult time struggling, you know, being an artist, what does that mean? You know, when I graduated, I didn't know what to do with my art. How was I going to sell it? This was pre-internet. You know, how, you know, you need gallery representation, all those questions that you can struggle with trying to get into the difficult art market. And so I went on a whole journey really trying to find out how does the art market work. I took marketing classes. I did, um, you know, a lot of failed attempts. And then eventually I thought, you know, now I see so many struggling artists I'm going to create a platform, and that's where the podcast, I'm an art coach, and I create courses for artists. Also on my website, there's uh, resources available to help artists set up some kind of system so that they can not only make their art without the stress, really enjoy their craft, enjoy their artistry, but also find ways to connect that with an audience, to start selling and create a revenue stream. So that's really is my passion that I made the transition of being a working artist myself, trying different things, failing at many attempts, getting into that online space, discovering what's possible, and also seeing not only as being an artist, but also as a business person, as an entrepreneur, and then now taking artists on that journey with me. Wow, that is quite a fantastic story and your your whole experience at, from the early days right through and I suppose we are all um, part of our past experiences and we have to go through a few tough moments for it to actually sink in but it will certainly help if you can shorten that time span and help artists get to somewhere quicker so I'm sure that is a big issue is how can I get into a business quickly that will pay the rent and also that you have more control. I think a lot of us feel that we are victims of circumstances or what education we had or our upbringing or the culture that we're living in, but you actually have more control over your success or your growth, whatever success means, it's different for everyone, than you actually think. And that it's not external, but it's something that's internal. Yeah. And that's all you know. the process that I take my artists, um, students through is that you actually have more control, but that also means you are responsible. You're responsible. You can play a huge part in your own success, but that means that you need to do the work. You need to show up. It means you yeah. need to you know, get, uh, get with the program, and then you'll see results. So it's not so much externalizing, yes, the mm. market, mm. yes, the time. You have control over it. Uh, that, that is such a, such a profoundly important point. 
Um, especially if artists, I think many artists, I know I am are introverted people and also control freaks. We want to, otherwise we get anxious, right? If we can't control outcomes. And today, taking control is so important, it's essential. Um, but there's a right way and a wrong way. So let me dive into asking you, working with artists as you have been, what, what would you identify as the top hurdles or the most common problems they, they raise to you? Why are they stuck? What do you find is the typical thing? I think if I had to choose the number one, <laughs> the top, um, is distraction. I think there's so much coming at us. We are so bombarded with so many impulses, with so many, you know, with social media, with uh, what we hear and see around us, that we start comparing, we start looking, we start, you know, we can get so paralyzed by everything. We are over-consuming so much information that we forget who we are and we lose focus. That's the number one question I ask my students and I say, what do you want? What do you want as an artist? Where do you see yourself? Where are you going? Where are you growing towards? And they sort of hit a blank. You know, they can design beautiful paintings, make beautiful sculptures. They have a vision for their art, but they have find it difficult to envision a life as an artist. And when you have a focus, you can grow towards something. And then you can also protect yourself from being distracted by so many things and start nurturing a relationship with your own creativity. And it is a relationship to really understand and get a, you know, self-reflect. Who are you as a person? What makes you you? What is your style? What do you love? What do you want to share with people? And it's almost in this time we don't even have the peace and the calm to reflect because everyone else is telling us what we should do or how we should do it or how we should feel or how we should act. Also as artists, you know, you know, what is the role and what is an artist? Who's going to tell you what that is? It's coming home to yourself and relating to yourself. And I think that is such a powerful foundation if you want to make this something that's sustainable. But it, it takes courage to look inside because you're going to find things that are not always that comfortable. You need to, you know, overcome obstacles and discomfort. You have to go through ugly places to get to beautiful places. You need to, you know, see that you're not where you want to be. You're not mastering that skill yet. Yet in your taste level, you see things in your imagination. Oh, that's what I'd love to make. But your skill is not at that point. So there's this whole gap in your creative creativity that really can block you. So I think really getting honest and seeing, you know, who are you as a person? What is your needs, your inner needs, your outer goals, so that they can come into balance so that you can be a wholesome person, but also a healthy, happy artist. And I think that's, yeah. you know, just getting quiet. And this COVID time is helping. I've seen a lot of people going more into themselves, really, you know, deciding what's important for them. The world is not dictating that we need to go on holiday all the time and need to travel and need to be distracted. Mm. We're getting more in that moment of, uh, you know, to, uh, to ourselves. So I think, yes, that would be number one. I suppose everybody manifests their issues um, around that whole lack of focus and it comes out in different ways. Um, 
uh, we were just in our family having an argument just this past week about time. Um, my daughter-in-law, who's really an excellent artist, mentions um, time is such a problem. And then I said, you know, no, you're making that up because you haven't you're procrastinating. And uh, then the fight began. <laughs> and you know what it's like. Um, uh-huh. well, long <laughs> exactly. And time is often thrown out immediately as, as the first sort of excuse. And, but it's, you know, it's, if you take away all those focus issues you mentioned, which by the way, I got quite anxious just listening to all that social media distraction is really debilitating. Time can be found. You know, everyone has the same amount of time. Just throw in a question there. What is some of your favorite procrastination excuses that gets thrown <laughs> at you or <laughs> justifications for not succeeding? I think you can see them. There are those external excuses and then those those internal excuses that you think, you know, you're a victim, your circumstances or the time or the economy, that the reason to not do it or, you know, to do it tomorrow. There's so many artists out there. So people are so overwhelmed. The artists think, well, you know, who's going to listen to my, who's going to look at my art and listen to my uh, story? who's interested and they can actually pay for it. So these are all limiting beliefs that, you know, just put you, you know, limit you from starting. And so to get into the right headspace, super important. And then the internal conflict that you have with yourself, you know, Mm. continually having that inner critic, I'm not good enough, or I'm not talented enough, or I'm not, uh, you know, I don't have the right opportunities. And these are all excuses to not do it. But procrastination, you know, that's uh, the, the, the answer to that is to get clear, clear, clear about what you want, clear about, you know, choosing. Something is only a distraction if you know what you're being distracted from. So if you don't know where you're going, you're not being distracted because you don't know where you're going and you're not being, you know, if you do something intentionally with choosing now I'm going to watch a neck binge on a Netflix series then you're choosing you're not procrastinating because you're choosing but if you're not choosing anything external things are going to choose for you and they're going to choose all your time they are going to rob and there's so many things robbing our time but you need to not only master your art but you need to master your time your energy and that you are responsible for your own progress and that's the whole thing about not being a victim. So, yes, yeah, there's always, you know, this in different forms <laughs> in different uh, yeah. with different characters, but enough reasons always to not do it because it's you know, based a lot on fear, fear of not uh, being yeah. good enough. Uh, enough. That, that is also a critical thing uh, you've mentioned there is just getting that clarity and you're helping artists to get clarity because if the artist doesn't have clarity, then they're going to fall back on the defenses. No time or you can't make money or this or that. And as I've discovered, the moment you challenge someone's defenses, then they have to defend that. And you 
hit a hit a wall. So get clarity first, and then you can go forward. Okay, um, now let's just switch it around a bit to the artists that you've been working with and who are finding success and are achieving great things. Um, what are the common characteristics of artists that seem to be able to do and live an amazing life as an artist? I think to start off with getting really clear about what success means to you, that's the first step I take my, the artist through to get really clear about that because there are a lot of people that think they want to earn their living from their creativity, but they don't like the business side. Then I say, well, why don't you just have your job and do this as a passion, something that you love to do, and that could be your success, not feeling the pressure you need to have to have this as a full-time profession. But there are artists that you know want to take the transition of being having it as a hobby or something that they do in their part part time, and they want to make it full time and uh, make it a profession. And that's a tricky one because you you're not only transitioning in your artistry where there is pressure, you're going to transition into being an entrepreneur, being a business person who also needs to have an understanding of finances, economics marketing, communication, connecting that what you're doing with the public. So there are all kinds of extra factors and a lot of moving parts when it comes to setting up a business structure around your creativity. Mm. And I found the people that go further are the people that are well-informed, very open to learn, have a learning spirit, always inquisitive to learn new things, so not limiting, but growing. <laughs> they surround themselves with people that support them. So they have a support base. So it's not just about them and their art and their studio, but they are whole people. They have relationships. So there's balance so that they don't get burnt out after the first three years of trying to make their art. They still have a life. They read. They're interested in other artists. Open, you know, to uh, um, the... The impulses around them, mm. so they could make better art from their place of authenticity. And the big thing, I think, especially nowadays, is communication. You know, the old school there used to be gallery representation that was like the only option, <laughs> or you need to go and stand on that street corner selling your own work or go to the art fairs. But the online space has, of course, changed everything. And yeah. the artists that I see succeeding have found creative ways to you know, not only make better art, but also use that space to their advantage, finding, you know, new niches to promote and to communicate about their art. And that is such a wide part in being an artist nowadays is your communication because that's all it is. Right. You have a cold screen that you, you know, yeah. computer screen that you want to show people your beautiful art, the textures, the colors. How are you going to put that on that screen so that people experience your art as if they're walking in a gallery or as if they are experiencing it firsthand. So those are, you know, there's so many wins that you could do. Mm. Uh, there's so many um, steps that successful artists can take. And it's those artists that do that in a sort of structural way with focus. I see them having the most success. It sounds like a daunting road ahead for for any beginner artist important thing is nothing happens overnight either 
And you are helping them to just head in the right direction. We'll get a bit more into the communication and technology in a moment. I just wanted to touch on um, what you mentioned uh, in the beginning, is how artists, some artists have been using the the whole uh, COVID-19 issue practically the entire last year and still being felt around the world at the moment. Um, it could either be the most negative circumstance or it's been positive. How have you, let's just discuss perhaps both sides. Um, at first, the, the negative impact and then how artists manage to find their way around it and use it to help grow. Look, for many, many creatives, it has, you know, it's been a very tough year and last year and this year because the galleries are closed. I know here in Northern Europe, the, you know, the museums are closed, all interaction, the in-person events have all been cancelled. So what you used to in how to communicate in in-person events, that is no go. But also art classes and connecting with other creatives, it's not happening. Having a, a social life around a creativity that's just all gone into the lockdown, into the p place, you know, behind the doors. So we've had to unlock new doors to uh, do the communication. And I think mentally and emotionally, that was such a knock for a lot of creatives because there were so many, there already are so many uh, uncertainties when you are a creative, when you're building a creative business. There's, it, there, there are ebbs and flows and usually there are more downs than ups. And so you have to, you know, find new ways. I think for a lot, especially starting out, it was really daunting and we were sort of into survival mode. And a lot of creatives that I was working with found it very difficult to create. They first, like, you need to get through that first six months, you know, what's happening and how long is this going to be lasting and how, you know, fatal is this virus. And there was a, a lot of distraction. But I found, like, within the second after the summer or our summer, your winter, that artists started bouncing back. And I think I so admire the creative spirit that there's such a resilience that if you are open, you can find a way. It's like a river. You know, if there's stones thrown in it, it'll go around the stones. It'll make a new path. And if you, you know, I've just spoke to an artist friend last week and she said, I've had my best year ever. And I said, well, what did you do? I said, I, I changed the way I thought. I stopped seeing my glasses half empty. I started seeing it as, at half, as, as a full, you know, full with possibilities and that people, even in a lockdown, are still wanting to surround themselves with beauty. They are staring at that wall more than ever. They are sitting on their couches in their homes thinking, how can I bring that what I used to do outside into my home? And, you know, if you find ways to connect that with your art audience, with your potential art buyers or collectors, by communicating, by um, you know showing up, there, there's enormous potential. So yes, very difficult, but opportunities uh, enough. I think one thing that we all now know is multiple streams of income is the key phrase, and we hear that so much. Um, and it's a, it is daunting for, for many artists to quickly start thinking about multiple streams of income, putting things together. And this has resulted in a lot of artists 
getting out of their comfort zone and having to learn new techniques, new means of communication, publication, facing technology. How do you explain or how do you how do you help somebody who was perhaps born many, many years ago, like myself, and is faced with perhaps four or five types of technology, you know, like Zoom, for instance, having to now consider hosting a Zoom call and then being able to communicate in writing, in video, in voice. Uh, quite scary. Definitely. You know, there's a change is always uncomfortable and always daunting and can be very, very overwhelming. And there is a lot possible. And I always, you know, say start small. Start with your next step. Break it down into small little steps. And if you're clear about, okay, now I need to start diversifying. So I have been making originals. So now I need to consider, am I going to make reproductions so I can sell more at a lower price through my web shop or Etsy or through you know, your website? What? Break it down into little steps. That means you need the photos, you need to find communication channels, you need to find a printer who can actually physically print them. So then you open up a Google and you start searching who done that you you know who does that in your village or your city. Speak to other artists that have done it. Ask for help. The big word help. <laughs> Find it difficult to, to ask for help, but there are so many people that are knowledgeable. Right. And you don't need to do everything yourself, you know. And then maybe you think. Okay, but I don't have money. <laughs> then you make a plan and say, okay, maybe I can't do it this quarter, but in six months' time I can invest a little bit more. So I'm going to save so that you're doing it very intentionally so I can then maybe take a course on how to set up my own website through Squarespace or I can follow a course on um, how to use that technology. I always say if you can bake a cake, you can use technology because it's logical steps. I think it's a mindset thing, especially for us non-millennials, that we think, oh, so fast. And, you know, you ask your kids to explain things and they rattle away and you don't really know what they're saying. I just, you know, I, I just have, you know, do just start. And maybe you, you know, pressing the wrong buttons, your computer won't explode. Get comfortable with the surroundings and have that mindset of learning. And there's so much online that you can also for free. You can uh, follow workshops, join a Facebook group, people that are talking about these technologies. So I think it starts with the mindset and then starting with small steps, breaking it down. What do I need? And don't think I want to conquer this whole online space and master all the technology because you think you know it today. Tomorrow it will have changed already. And ask for help. Yes, get help and bite-sized chunks. Now, a bit more on the, the communication side. Not so long ago, the, the advice was, listen, put your work up on social media and you'll, you'll be selling like hotcakes in no time. Um, that, that was literally advice I was given by, uh, it's probably about eight years ago by now, it's, time has flown. And and I thought, okay, that's great. Uh, opened opened the usual social media accounts, and of course, nothing was happening. 
and everybody else seemed to be selling and uh, you, you kind of feel lost. Um, now, it's social media is a part of marketing, but a lot of a lot of people are are looking at it as the answer, as as the number one answer, and it's not working quite as they expected. What do you say to them? Social media channels, there are plenty. They're vehicles to bring you to where you want to go. So before you even open a social account, you need to know what are you doing in that space. It's not just like, okay, everyone has an account, so I'm going to get an account. And, okay, I'm on social media. Come on, buy my art. It's like having a car. You can look at the car. You can have a car. But if you don't get in the car and start driving where you want to go, <laughs> it's, a, you know, it's just a car. So that's the same with social media. You need to intentionally, you need to understand how social media works so that it's, uh, it's not the begin and end of things. It's how you use that channel to bring you where you want to go very intentionally. And I know artists, they use it, you know, as a place of communication, a place of conversation with their followers. I know other artists specifically use it to sell. Other artists use it to educate, so really are, you know, connecting and uh, telling more about processes. So there's different f functions also with the different platforms. Once you get first, so it starts on paper. <laughs> what is it that you want? So you want to sell your art? Then you need to get clear about, okay, you as the artist, what are you comfortable with? How often do you want to be on this total channel? Your art, how you know how you're going to make photos of it, how you're going to write about it, and who your audience is. Because your art's not for everyone. And a lot of artists start out with social media platforms or an Insta account that they've been you know, conversate, having conversations with their grandmothers or their, you know, their friends, and they're not their art audiences. So then you, you know, get really dialed down who is it that you are actually wanting to connect with, and there are all kinds of tactics that you can use to intentionally use a hashtag or who are you following. These are all influence who are going to eventually follow you. And it's a long process. It's not a pill that you can – it's not a quick fix, social media. It is a way of communication. But you need to have other things besides just a social presence – and being able to talk about your art or, as we used to say in the old days, the elevator pitch, can you, can you talk, if you put on the spot and meet a stranger, can you actually talk about your art uh, without getting tongue-tied and not knowing what you need to say? Um, just uh, very few people actually think about beyond saying I'm an artist and then anything can happen. You know, it can just go off the rails so quickly. So uh, actually thinking about, and even if you have to practice, write it down, work it out, but uh, be prepared. And I think a lot of uh, artists, you know, we're introverts, we're sitting in our studios, we're making our art. So that's our happy, comfortable place. And we're not, we haven't been trained to communicate verbally. So that's also not just our art speaks for itself. That's a big myth. <laughs> you need to add different communication streams like words, like images, like, you know, uh, stories around the things that you're doing. 
and that indeed you know it's something that you really can improve on it's like anything that you can learn to a, a new sport or a new um uh, cra- you know like your technique practice in front of the mirror practice on your video <laughs> ask people for help go for you know my husband he uh, was always very uh, um, found it difficult to communicate. He did a voice training course and it just changed his life. He's in, his, in sales. And just by learning how to, you know, not be afraid of your voice, not being afraid of what you're communicating, finding ways to get comfortable in your skin, to actually stand in front of people, whether that's in camera or in person, it can be life-changing. And this for artists, this is golden because that's where you can make a difference because people want to, hear from you, you know, not just at the opening of exhibitions. The artists, I find them hiding behind plants and hiding behind their paintings. They don't want to take the moment to actually share about their work. And that's a golden moment. That's something I take my students to. They do voice training. They do public speaking. How can you take your moment? This is where you can make a big difference. And it all can be learned. It's all trainable and doable. I just want to mention that um, anyone who wants to learn about using Instagram better, they can just watch and uh, follow you and and see how you are setting up your stories. For instance, I think uh, are really looks look fantastic. Okay, let's let's jump in to your offerings, your um, services that you are, are putting out there. Um, I know. Uh, you've been working on podcasts for quite some time and sharing valuable lessons from artists all over the world. And everyone can listen to your podcasts and get tons of uh, information that way. But um, you've also extended into um, coaching. Tell us a little bit more about what you are offering and, and how artists can get in touch with you and participate. Well, that's the beauty of the online space. I've uh, done a lot of teaching in person, you know, at uh, seminars and uh, conferences, uh, one on you know, workshops, but I've taken that platform actually online so it's accessible for far more people. So my website is actually the hub where everything is happening. That's where I, uh, you know, meet with my with students and I offer uh, online courses and then I have my coaching. So that's the possibilities for artists that I want to the coaching side is a one-on-one trajectory either one call people maybe are stuck and they just need to know okay what's my next step or they want to go through a trajectory of 10 or 20 uh, coaching calls they're usually an hour they go through zoom or through skype or what other whatever technology that we can connect on and so it's very structured taking new steps next steps towards what you want as an artist to really help you grow And then I made a course. It's called the Working Artist Course. It's a 12-week online training that artists from all over the world get together. We all start together. So we start on the 1st of March. That's for 2021. I only open it once a year. And then we go through a whole process. It's a framework from Module 1 to the 12th week of setting up that system, how you can turn your creativity into a revenue stream. So it has everything about the artist's heart, setting up your body of work, why you're making your art, and what is it that you want to communicate, your creative vision, 
And then how you can connect that with an art audience. So that's the marketing, the branding, setting up a yeah. brand feel so that your social channels are coherent. Your photography is coherent. People start recognizing you. And how can you communicate verbally, written, and you know use the social channels? And then there are all kinds of guest teachers. I'm really excited this year. We have wow. six, six guest teachers coming in. And uh, Mareika Williams, for example, she's an award-winning South African photographer, does a lot for APSA and for House and Leisure. And, you know, she's an amazing visual artist. Mm. And she's going to be sharing. We have a gallerist. We have an illustrator. We have a watercolorist, all just giving, you know, people that have been in the trenches, they're going to be sharing their yeah. vision. And the students can have uh, contact with them in live sessions. So it's pre-recorded, but also we have live teaching sessions. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Um, you know, as you're describing these uh, benefits of your your coaching and courses, it, it strikes me that uh, you're actually helping artists save the thing they need the most, and, and that is time, because you can literally save years Otherwise, if you're going to do everything through trial and error and wait for life to throw curveballs at you, it's going to be a long, hard journey. But, you know, you can you can literally save artists years. In One thing I noticed on your website that I liked, you said um, if you're tired of living on, what was it, likes and... <laughs> Clicks and likes, <laughs> and you. <laughs> that nutritious. <laughs> you just you cannot take that to the bank. <laughs> no, and uh, yes, there's nothing like in the old days when we, if you had to go and talk to the bank manager, and he explained to you what cash flow was, and he wasn't seeing any of that in your account. That is a sobering moment. We're heading into 2021 and, and nobody is quite aware of what lies ahead. So, you know, as as an artist who may be considering um, joining one of your programs, um, you, you're going to take that uncertainty or at least help remove some of it. Um, Sonia, when... When do you open again? Did you mention your enrollment opens on the fifteenth of February? So that opens there towards the end of February, and then the course starts on March first. It's the first module. Okay. So people want to join in, and they are happening to listen to this podcast, and it coincides. Then the first of March, uh, you have until the first of March to enroll, and then okay. artists all start with the first module together. Uh, and then we go 12 weeks together till the end of May. And then next year, people, hey, you know, if they can't make it this year, then I'll be opening up in the beginning of the year again for 2022. But in the meantime, you know, there's a lot of resources yeah. on my website. There are, I have a Facebook community. I'm there every week. I'm doing live sessions because I really am passionate for to help artists so you know to really get momentum and you know it's so cool doing it with other artists because we all have right. similar questions maybe different setting 
and different cultures, but there's really such power in doing things together with other people collaborating and you yeah. know doing a, that's really the beauty of this the possibility of connecting with artists all over the world and sonia and also just to clarify if if someone doesn't make it in time for your um, february enrollment um, are you still able to do uh, one-to-one coaching yes that's throughout the year so people can sign up on my website under the tab coaching. They can see, you know, what's possible, single right. consult or a trajectory. That's uh, on appointment. There's a wonderful digital calendar. People can log in and just see, you know, what uh, time slots suit them. And I'll be in touch with them just to see, you know, what is your need and if it's a good fit for them. And, uh, you know, they can always okay. email me or DM me. All right. Excellent. I also want to mention that you are kindly providing a download of some uh, material that I will put on my blog with this episode and people can download that for free and just get working with you and finding more about what you can offer them. Okay, Sonia, I think you've, you've really set the scene for helping artists and anyone who has any doubts about their career well they can just get hold of you and and learn and probably save them so much anxiety and when you're not working besides visiting galleries that i'm extremely jealous about (laughs) what do you do in your spare time are you I love nature. I'm an outside person. That's you can't take South Africa out of a person. And uh, I'm really um, outside as much as possible, enjoying nature and you know spending time with friends as much as that is possible. Now we ride a lot of bikes here in the Netherlands. Nice and yes, flat, easy to <laughs> navigate around. And uh, uh, yeah, just uh, you know, the Europe has just so many options and the possibilities mm. in normal circumstances. So, yeah, it's really an inspiring place to be. So what is your favorite art museum in the Netherlands? Ooh, <laughs> are, it depends on, you know, the mood. That we have these beautiful passes in. The, it's like a card. It's called the museum card. You pay 50 euros. I think it's 50 or 60 euros a year, and you can get in everywhere for free. So that means, you know, I used to work in Amsterdam a lot, and I used to go and just have lunch with Van Gogh, Van Gogh. Then I just sit on a bench. And I just look at one or two paintings without thinking, I've just spent 17 euros, you know, I should really hurry and see everything. So you can sort of take bite-sized pieces of all the galleries and museums. But there really is a beautiful new museum. It's called Museum More, M-O-R-R-E. It's a contemporary modern museum. But these are art passionates that build the building around the art. And so the whole experience of walking around, how the light falls on the paintings, the ambiance, the beautiful cafe. That really is a, it's a small in the east of the Netherlands, but it's just such a you know, beautiful um, hmm. m- a museum and gallery. Sounds amazing. Uh, just a, a final question. As you, I'm just thinking, as you're talking about these wonderful venues, um, how would you describe the, the art scene over there in the Netherlands specifically, for your typical artist, are there a lot of 
town galleries open for artists? Is it all gallery driven? Are they informal markets? What are, what are popular ways for artists in your town, perhaps, or city to get their work out? Look, there's a long tradition of art in the Netherlands, in Northern Europe. So there already is such a history. Just walking through the city, it's already a museum of uh, being mm. so uh, old. Luckily, so the, the, the side note to that is that we're quite spoiled. Yeah. We are quite, um, so there's a sort of complacency <laughs> and not so much excitement about art because people think it's around us, you know, we have it. And that's why I love going to South Africa. I love going to new nations because there's still an excitement. People are trying things, experimenting, you know, getting really, you know, hitting up against the wall. There are interesting exhibitions. So that's, you know, I love that the vibe also when I go to South Africa and also to different uh, uh, nations where they're developing uh, art culture is. We do have a local art fair. So we have uh, like open studios once a year. And people open up their studios, art, local artists, so that you can go on your bike and go around and then see the different artists. And that's always exciting because you think, oh, I didn't know there was an artist down the road or I didn't know mm. he or she was making that. And it just, you know, gives you an idea of what's actually happening. There's so many people busy with creativity that really is inspiring to see. Mm. So when are you planning to come back to South Africa, um, travel restrictions Notwithstanding. <laughs> I plan every day, Malcolm. Every day I'm thinking, oh, if only we had a trip planned at the beginning of the year. But, yeah, it's not happening. So uh, have, uh, I think you just made it last year, didn't you? Yeah, by the skin just of our pants. Just got back and it's uh, all the borders closed and then everything just happened. So we were really happy that we got that, uh, that trip in. But now it's just waiting. You don't. We really don't know how that's going to develop. We're just taking it one day at a time. All right, excellent. Well, I think I can wrap it up there, Sonia. And just to the last word is um, your website address. <laughs> Thanks to my husband, very Dutch. It's Sonia with a J, so it's S O N J A, and then small as in narrow, small, S-M-A-L, and then H-E-E-R, hair, as in gentleman or lord, hair, small hair, dot com. So it's sonyasmallhair.com, and Sonia Smallhair is my handle on Insta, Sonia Smallhair also on Facebook. All right, I'll put those links in as well in the uh, show notes. And lastly, I just want to say thank you very much for taking the time and joining me on the podcast and I wish you great success with your February enrollment and that you stay very busy and keep growing and helping lots of artists. So good luck. Thank you, Malcolm, for inviting me and that I could be your guest. Uh, it's nice to be on the other side of the, <laughs> of the story and uh, yes. yeah, wish you all the best too. Thanks very much, Sonia. I want to thank Sonia Small here for appearing on an Artist Journey podcast today. I'm sure you'll find plenty of information on her website from all of her podcasts. And if you hurry, you'll be able to join her course, which launches on the 15th of February 2021. And you have two weeks to enroll before it starts at the end of February. 
So go along and have a look at her course and learn about everything to help you grow your art business. Also just a reminder that you can find the show notes and the free download provided by Sonia on my blog at Malcolm Dewey Fine Art. It is free and instant. So go ahead and check that out. Finally, thank you for joining me today. And remember that you can find all my courses on various art topics and mediums. Look on my website at malcolmdeweyfineart.com painting courses. Until next time, cheers for now.